Welcome to the Elevated Woman Podcast. I'm Daniela Sani, your host, and I'm here to show you a way of living life from the inside out, to experience more freedom, meaning, and make a bigger impact in this world from your unique gifts and feminine wisdom. This is a place where heart-centered leaders share their beginnings on their journey, soulful conversations around mindset, spirituality, entrepreneurship, purpose, manifesting, and living from a new paradigm of leading with soul. My mission with this show is to inspire you to live your full expression of yourself and to show you that you can create anything you desire from a place of alignment and inspiration, no matter where you are right now. Welcome to your elevated life. Welcome to episode number two of Elevated Woman podcast. Today I have a very special guest. You see, my first idea was to have mostly women on my show, but this guest has a very, very interesting story and he's, he, he, he owns a very magnetic energy as well. So I think you'll get a lots of wisdom from this conversation today. Jesus is a speaker, yoga teacher and certified psychic facilitator from Chile, South America. After finishing his professional career as engineer at a very prestigious university at age 24 and after being caught drink and driving, he decided to travel for 19 months to Australia and Asia, discovering in India his love for the science of yoga, which marked a before and after in his life. For two years now, he's been promoting personal development through workshops, yoga classes and live talks through his conviction that there's a higher version of yourself. His beginnings in yoga brought him a new passion for books around spirituality, neuroscience and self-help. Finding Psyche through Dr. Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief, which is an amazing book, by the way. I totally recommend you to read it. So I will link that on the show notes on my website. And for the ones who don't know what Psyche is, well, we'll talk more of that in the interview. But basically, it's a rapid transformation method to reprogramming limiting beliefs directly into the subconscious mind. So let's dive into today's interview and I really hope you enjoy the show. Jesus, it's so nice to have you here on the show. And before we start digging deep into your story and everything, uh, we would like to know if you have like a soulful practice or a morning routine that sets yourself for a, like a successful day. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Um, yes, definitely. For me, how you start your day will define how the rest of your day will be. Um, it's like if you want to perform good at any sports, you need a good warm-up before you perform. So for me, every day I wake up, I'm an early bird, wake up around 5, 5.30 and first thing, meditate. I do my personal meditation, then have my bulletproof coffee <laughs> and do my morning journaling, which takes around 15, 20 minutes. Then I study. Either it could be a book or an online course. 
And then I do either yoga or some just little workout, like 20 minutes, just to like um, start to activate my body. Then I always have a cold shower. <laughs> That's a new thing. I've been doing that for like a year, but I think it really puts me in a mood and like it, it just freshes up my mind. And I brush my teeth with the opposite hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a practice. How yeah. long have you been doing all this? Um, nearly a year. Okay. I think um, I was watching some Robin Sharma course and he was talking about this 20-20-20 rule. Like, just start your day with 20 minutes of exercise, 20 minutes of self-gratitude or journaling and 20 minutes of studying and I've been doing that and it actually has dramatically changed my mindset and heart set for every day of my life so I think it's a it's a it's a thing that I will suggest for anyone in any area or any field that they're performing if you want to perform well and you want to be focused and have like a good mindset I think a morning routine it's a must for every human being yeah brilliant mm. How we do one thing is how we do everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rock your mornings and you will rock your days. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, first, uh, so the audience can get to know you a little bit better. What's your sun sign and your human design type, if you know it? Do yeah, so it? my sun sign is Leo. Leo, okay. And my human design is the projector. Projector. And you are an emotional projector, Emotional right? projector, yes. right. Yes. yes, very powerful. Yeah, I actually got to know about this a couple, couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. and um, Because of me? Yeah, <laughs> because of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> actually, that has helped me a lot to understand my basic functioning. And it has led me to like get rid of activities that were not supporting my design. And so I can focus better on the things that are flowing to me. Um, and I think it, it, it's just more efficient of, from my energies to, to know my design. And obviously to know your sun sign can help you a lot in order to use the resources that are available to you. Although I think no one should be confused about limit yourself to that. I think it's a good roadmap but it shouldn't limit you to aspire to like more skills or more abilities you can develop yeah absolutely what, mm. what i really love about human design is is like the, the blueprint of your soul which is very powerful because it's not like the other types that they condition you of whether your personality and things like mm. that but all that is a, a learned thing Yes. And this one, it's like to really get rid of everything that they told you, that they taught you and like everything that they they said what you should do in your life and the condition mm. to fully embrace who you are and what you came here to do in this world and yeah. to support one another. Yeah, for sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. And it's, it's important to know... If, if you work with people or if you're surrounded by a group of people that are close to you, I think it's important to know their human design too so you can bring the best out of them too and you can stop expecting things from them that maybe are not their natural skills or yeah. you know their natural design. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, it's very powerful to know somebody else's design. 
then you can understand them better. Yeah, and you can make a better use. Like if you have an ingredient that you don't really know what's the ingredient for, maybe you're using it in the wrong recipe. But if you know the ingredients, their nutrients, their flavor, their their smell, maybe you can actually put it fit better in a recipe that you know of. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. And you as a projector, you have an energy that it's very magnetic. Mm -hmm. So you attract people and everything. And I can tell and I can say to the audience mm -hmm. uh, that they don't know you, but you have a very magnetic energy. Like you can feel when you enter the room and you really attract the people that are right for you. And it's, it's very magnetic. You have mm. a very special energy. That, Thank you. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> Powerful. Yeah, thank you. So let's start with your story. T tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to what you are doing today. So a bit over five years ago, I was finishing industrial engineering. Um, I, was, I was with a different mindset. I was playing rugby. I was going out a lot, drinking heaps, studying, have a very so active social life. And everything seemed to be okay, like that checklist that you would like to be checking when you're like 23, 24 was like going through okay. Um, but I was very confused because the next stage of my life was starting to work or getting a job, which everyone was asking me about that, like, what are you doing next? What are you gonna work as? And I was like, wow. This is going too fast. I, I, I remember like a couple months ago when I started university and I was like, no, dude, I'm finishing university and I'm like, I'm not really sure if this is what I love to do, but for sure I was becoming the Jesus that others were expecting. I was becoming the Jesus that others built. And I got caught up drinking and driving one night and that was my ignite moment when when that happened, I was like, for the first time, I took a look in my life, at my life. And then I said, wow, why am I using the resources I have in this manner? Why am I so anxious? Why do I want to impress others by doing things instead of asking myself, what do I really want for myself? So in that moment, I decided that I'm going to finish university. I had like one semester left and I want to go and travel around the world for a little bit not having a purpose for the trip i just wanted to get out of here i i just didn't know what to do so i just decided to get out of here and um a couple of weeks before taking the plane to australia i was having a conversation with my oldest sister who is a philosopher and she was asking me about celebration parties i had for graduation or like farewells and I was like, yeah, yeah, we had a great time in this party. And she's like, yeah, what do you guys do? And I was like, well, we drank, we danced, we laughed. And she goes, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes. And she goes, why the better or the more important the party or the event you attend to, the less you are? And I didn't know what to answer. And then she goes, your issue, brother, is not the alcohol. You are the issue. And now you're going to go traveling. You're going to get to know people. You're going to save money. You're going to get to know the world. But go and get to know yourself. 
that's what you have to do. And in that moment, it was like a huge glass broke inside of me. And I was like, whoa, I don't even have a purpose for this trip. But since that moment, I was like, okay, the purpose is to go and get to know myself, which means get out of your comfort zone. Because the only way to get to know yourself is to get out of your habits or get out of your normal routines, normal social behaviors. So it was 19 months of traveling, getting to know people, working, getting around. And I ended up in India as a surprise. I wasn't expecting to be in India, but I went there with a friend for 30 days. And I was like, well, I'm in India. I should try yoga. Why not? <laughs> this is the, like, the base of yoga. So I went for a few yoga classes in India. And I think it was three classes enough for me to know that I really want to go deeper on this. So I took a month course in, in a jungle, in a yoga university. At, at that moment, I didn't know there were yoga universities, but um, as an engineer, I had this really cool um, meetup between science and spirituality because I was expecting to do like a yoga course, which for me at that moment was asana or physical movements and stretchings but we had classes from 5:30 a.m until 7:30 p.m every day and from that 11 hour classes it was like three or four hours of physical practices and then the rest was theory what is stress how emotions ill your body uh, how you can create health from some certain practices on diet and breath work and I was like whoa this is really amazing and they had this rejuvenating center which people from Europe and the States will travel there and they will heal cancer asthma diabetes Parkinson arthritis everything with yoga they had this these two phrases less medication more meditation and in that moment it was like a big surprise for me because I felt like two worlds met which is science and spirituality which for me until that moment was like different fields and since then I just redesigned inside myself the concepts of health for me health was absence of symptoms and I replaced that for for like a, a sense of well-being, physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically well-being. And so I came back to Chile after nearly two years. I was like a completely new guy. I dropped like 25 kilos, long hair, different diet, different way of speaking, different likes and dislikes. It's not that I changed everything. I just shifted my priorities. It's not that I stopped doing things. It's, the, it's, it's just that I value other things first and the rest of them that were first before are just like at the bottom line. And so I was, I was so happy showing everyone in Chile about the new area of my life that I discovered. It was like inside my house, I had like a new room that I've never entered before. And I was so pleased showing everyone my new room. But even though I knew so many new things, I wasn't putting them on practice. 
I was teaching others verbally about things. I was giving advice to everyone. But I was seeing that even though I was so pleased with my new room in my house, I wasn't tidying up the rooms that I left before the trip. I wasn't putting attention to the areas in my house that there were dark moments or insecurities or sadness or guilt. And one of the habits, I I changed a lot of habits during this travel, this trip to Australia and Southeast Asia, but the, the one that I really value and I keep doing until today was reading about books, about neuroscience, self-help, self-development, high performance, etc. And in one of those books, I found about subconscious reprogramming, which really, it really resounded inside of me because it doesn't matter how much new things you put in your life, if you don't get rid of the things that are limiting you, then it's going to be a hard um, path, I believe. So that's how I got to subconscious reprogramming, which is the area that I'm really into right now. Yoga for me, is, it's an everyday thing. I practice it every day and I really love the science behind. But after teaching yoga for a couple of years, I think my thing is to explain people the conjunction of science and spirituality. And as an engineer, I love understanding spiritual process as a process and how can you optimize it and how can you focus on a systematic view of yourself not only chanting mantras and meditating that doesn't make you spiritual but rather being a good human being having nice relationships having a nice diet work on your finances work on your resting and everything have a holistic view of yourself for me is spirituality and that's what I'm focusing on right now wow yeah. quite a story right? yeah <laughs> it's very yeah, interesting it's a crazy it's very interesting because you like if you look at it like in the books your life was perfect before like nothing was wrong mm-hmm. but internally there was something that was missing that it took you to this journey right so it's very yeah. interesting because many people they just uh, I don't know, they get comfortable with what they have because it's what they always lived, right? Yeah, yeah. And for me, like when I was in studying university, for me, being a successful man was earn money, have a six pack and be with women. And that was what... Was... In that order? Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> but just have the three. It's like the three legs of yeah. a table. <laughs> And I was doing that and I was, I was maybe accomplishing that, but I was feeling empty. I, I was never comfortable with myself. I was always saying yes to others and no to myself. I was wishing for the day that I have time for myself. And that recipe, at least for me, wasn't working. I wasn't happy with my life. I wasn't happy with my body. I wasn't happy with my relationships. Even though at that moment it looked, it was okay and it looked that my life was, you know, not perfect, but like, well, that recipe wasn't working for me. And now that I moved from that point of comfortable, 
come from this. I looked back and I was like, whoa, I was so lost. But you know, that was that's what's what society shows you as a successful man. You know, to have money, to have a ripped body and to be with woman, that makes you like a great man. But not a human being. <laughs> and to be a human being, you don't need to be either a good man or woman. You need to be a balance between the two inside of you because every each of us have a male and a f female energy working. And doesn't matter how much you work on one, that's an unbalanced way of looking at life. And disease or illness, it's getting out of ease, you know, and to be at ease with yourself, you need to be balanced. You need to be in the middle. And for me, I was 100% focusing on my masculine energy and I was looking in that moment the feminine energy like homosexual or girl or I don't know, just whatever whatever was necessary to avoid it. Yeah, that's very interesting that you put that topic because um, how was it for you to come back uh, <laughs> to the life that you had before and with the people that they always knew you as this old person uh, that's very masculine person mm. and all that what was the struggle when you came back and you were embodying this new way of being and this masterful blend between your masculine and your feminine like i mm. want to see what what are the challenges well the beginning was it was like a huge self-judge because inside of me i was like oh my god I'm gonna go back to Chile and all of my friends are gonna be like, okay, dude, you're back. Yeah, just come back for a barbecue. Let's have some drinks, which is not that I don't do that anymore. Um, I don't wanna, I don't wanna misconcept that. It's just that I just value it less, way less than other things, you know? Um, I was surprised that many, probably most of the people that I hang out with before were really interested on this new area of my life. They were like, hey, come and teach us some yoga or suggest me a book or give me some advice on this. And I was like, okay, people are really receptive on this. And then if I can, if I can put it in, in one word, is the path was opening for me as I decided to invite my feminine energy which was completely out of possibility before. Um, I wasn't sure, be, be, I was between getting a job as an engineer and keep doing my yoga practices or meditation, whatever, or between teaching others about what I've learned during the trip. But without effort, doors were opening for me. People were calling me, hey, um, I know you're a yoga instructor, you wanna come and do some meditation? for this place or in the university where I started engineering, people were inviting me to do some yoga or someone that was organizing um, an event, they invited me to do a speech. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is really flowing easily. And I was really, I was really happy because I was so up to sharing my story. But just seeing all these opportunities opening up for me was enough to say, okay, I'm in the right path because things are flowing better I feel supported and 
for the people who started stopped supporting me or not supporting me but like I just would hang out with them less I would just take that as they just liked me in one area of my life and if I want a quality life I want quality relationships quality relationships is people who really accept you as you are doesn't matter where you at in your life you can count on them and making that huge change inside of me made me realize who are the real people that are with me and who are the fake ones and that at the beginning could feel like pain but if you look at it closely it's like why would you be with someone that just conditionally supports you you want people that unconditionally supports you so it was like a huge clean up of my house in terms of my relationships saying my house so sometimes you're saving up so many stuff in your house that you don't need anymore and it's it's taking space and clear up things that you don't need anymore really gives you the space to put new things that you really need to in order to accomplish your purpose or your new goals i think it's a process that if you if you look at it from a distance maybe you don't want to go there because you don't want to really know who are the fake ones in your life but once you know there's so much new space that you can put on for your new self and new relationships that are really aligned with your values also i used to be a guy that will say yes to everything because i wanted to be everywhere and available for everyone now i want to be available for me and from there i take decisions I, i think that that's a huge step because it's not that you learn to say no it's that you learn what to say yes to and when you know that then you're more clear about your steps every day yeah absolutely mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So after all that, tell us a little bit about your transitioning into Psyche. Yeah. What is Psyche? And because I met you through Psyche, because you introduced yeah. a Psyche to me, uh, which is an amazing tool for reprogramming the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And we will dive a little bit more deeper into that subject but I would like to know how do you got into that and to tell uh, the audience what is Psyche and why is it so important mm-hmm. to have it as a tool in our lives so as I as I got back from this journey and I was teaching yoga and doing speeches and emotional intelligent courses I was feeling inside of me that there were many things about my life that were still there i noticed when i came back to my parents house and i was maybe having some issues with mom or i was hanging out with my old friends and i was having i was having issues inside of me about why are they having too many drinks or why are they eating like that they're not taking care of their bodies or i was looking about myself you know, charging money for doing yoga or charging money for that. I was feeling guilty because I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching yoga. How can I charge for this? Like, I, I was like self-doubting about my skills. I was, I was feeling bad about the world. I was, you know, seeing that there's so many people with not too much money and not too much people with so much money. And I was feeling like, well, this is a really unfair world. 
And even though I knew so much about yoga and spirituality and I was like having a new life, inside of me I felt that there was still a storm of self-doubt about toxic relationships or toxic judgments about others. And even though I meditate or practice yoga every day, I was still having that. And I was reading Bruce Lipton, which is a cellular biologist, really common, like really famous guy. He's got this book, Biology of Belief. And reading that book, he talks about subconscious reprogramming because he said he explains the science behind beliefs and biology. What is what is the connection between beliefs and biology? And he made an experiment about um, stem cells. I, I think everyone has heard of stem cells, but stem cells, it's a cell that will, after 10 hours, it would split in two. And after one week, you have 30,000. So he put in a Petri dish, a group of stem cells. He had like thousands of them. And he takes them out in three different Petri dishes. The, the, the stem cells were all genetically identical identical but in each of these three petri dishes he changed the environment the chemical uh, compounds of each petri dish and he sees that in one they transform into muscle in the other one they transform into fat and the other one transforms into bone but they were all genetically identical so he asked himself, or I asked the audience, what defines the fate of the cells? Can't, you can't say the genetics. No one is um, bound to be someone or something because of your genetics. It's the environment which affects the expression of your genetics, which means that we are 50 trillion cells and we can say that our bodies are a walking petri dish and the chemical environment of our cells is our blood and what defines the chemistry of our blood either if it's cortisol or dopamine or oxytocin or adrenaline it's our nervous system what defines the activity of our nervous system our mind because we have between the environment and our inner environment, it's our mind, which is the filter, which is interpreting if everything is okay or we are under danger. So I give you an example. If today is raining and for me, raining takes me back to my childhood where I got sick or I couldn't go to school and I was cold and I was like really struggling with some disease every time it rains it could be a really depressive day for me because that's how i remember a rainy day when i was little but for my neighbor rainy day could make him remember that he watched movies with his family or just had some hot chocolate or marshmallows and just take the day out and have some fun so whenever it rains for him it could be a really exciting day or a really fun day so can we say the rain is stressful? Can we say the rain is joyful? We don't know. What we do know is the interpretation of the stimulus can determine how my body will react to it. Which means 
that whatever we perceive today as good or bad in ourselves or stressful or joyful, it's because we are perceiving it like that and we can change that perception. We can change the way we interpret a stimuli by changing our minds. But the thing is, most of our beliefs are <laughs> built on, on our first seven years because the first seven years is like the soil where you're going to put your seeds and where you're going to grow your plants. So you can have the best intentions in your life. You can have the best ideas. But if you don't work on your beliefs, you will keep or you will still interpreting some stimulus as stressful or self-sabotaging. And so in this book, he talks about the relationship between beliefs and biology. And it's a, it's a funny story because in his seminars, he will explain this to scientists or doctors. And people were like, whoa, this is amazing. But how do you change your beliefs? And he was, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I found in the laboratory, but I have no idea. And then he says that in one of these seminars, the next speaker comes up to the stage and he goes, hey, I have the solution. I know how to reprogram your belief system. And that's how he introduces Psyche because Psyche, it's a um, process, a spiritual process with psychological benefits, which lets you, in a, in a simple manner, change your belief system in a, in, in a manner of five minutes, five to ten minutes. Um, the purpose of Psyche, it's a um, catalyzer, change catalyzer, is that how you say it in English? Yes, change, yes. Change catalyzer. Um, and it's a blend of digitopuncture, kinesiology, NLP, and hypnosis. It makes them all. Yeah, you, 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 you have all these four ingredients in the process of Psyche. Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between Psyche and the other tools for reprogramming the subconscious mind? Right. Um, so the first seven years, we are in hypnosis. Hypnosis is neuroelectrically speaking, um, theta wavelength. Mm -hmm. So theta wavelength is a really low wavelength where our brains are functioning in a downloading um, rate. Like the first seven years of age, you're just recording, recording programs. Because when you were born, you didn't know anything. You didn't know your name. You didn't know how to walk, how to eat, how to be social. You, you didn't know anything. So in order for the body to be, to, to function in this world and this society, you need to learn programs. So you're gonna learn your name, you're gonna learn your language, you're gonna learn how to use your body, how to eat, how to go to the toilet, how to express yourself. And the first seven years of age, you don't have yet your neocortex, your pre-cortex frontal area, which is the conscious mind. So you don't judge anything. You don't, any little boy that you know of, they don't judge anything. The, everything is true for them. So if you say to them, Santa Claus, they will say, yeah, Santa Claus. If you say to them, um, you're a beautiful kid, they will know they're a beautiful kid. Or if you say to them, hey, what a stupid comment that you just said, they will feel, okay, I'm stupid. Everything you see around yourself, not only what you listen to, will, will be truth for you. 
Um, I, I remember my mom always told me when I was little, you have to say the truth. You always got to be sincere to others. Never, never lie to others. And I was like, okay. And one day we were having lunch and the phone rang and she picks the phone and she gives it to me and she's like, please say, I'm, I'm not here. Just tell you I'm not here. I'm like, okay. So what do you learn is not just what you get told to, is what you see in others. So if I see my parents fighting when I'm little and then my mom tells me, hey, me and your dad, we love, we love us so much. I could learn that love hurts or love is difficult. Yeah. And if I get told that in order to be successful, I have to study certain careers, maybe I'm going to take decisions with that. 95% of the day, we are functioning. That's neuroscience data. We're functioning in our subconscious programs. Because when you think, say, if, if I ask the audience, what are you going to do tomorrow night? The moment you start thinking about what you're doing tomorrow night, you're not stopping from breathing or your heart doesn't stop beating. Like everything keeps functioning while you're putting attention in tomorrow night. So whenever you're thinking, which is... So every time you're thinking, which is 95% of the day, we are thinking. <laughs> and that's true for everyone. We're letting our subconscious mind to take control of our bodies. And that's our programs. But if you look at it, they're not your programs. They're other programs. So your programs about your self-esteem or your um, relationships or your spirituality or your money mindset are not yours. It's what you learned from your environment. So if 95% you're living a life that it's programmed, that is not your life, obviously we're not going to be happy with ourselves because we're not living through our terms we're living through others terms and the subconscious mind is the habitual mind and this is the very basic concept that every, everyone needs to understand we tend to educate our conscious mind so what we do we read self-help books or we watch documentaries or we attend to a yoga retreat or we say affirmations we say affirmations and we say okay i understand okay this is it my conscious mind is so creative and it's so intelligent that it can understand information so quickly. But our subconscious mind remains the same. You can, you can have a really powerful conversation with someone or you can read an amazing book. And that's your conscious mind is understanding that. But your subconscious mind is the habitual mind. And when I say habitual mind, it's the mind that it's you put play to a program and the program reproduces like when you first started learning to drive and you didn't know about it you had to be so conscious mm -hmm. of every movement that you were doing until it went habitual and then exactly. you learned it but not at a conscious level but it was at a subconscious level so now exactly. you do it on autopilot you just don't think about it right that's right. And maybe you can watch YouTube videos about how to drive or you can read books or you can talk to someone, but you haven't drove yet. You don't know how to drive. So that's what we do with our lives. We read or we learn about things that we should do, but we never do them. We, didn't, we don't put them on practice. If we want to transform our lives, 
we need to start by putting into practice what we learn. Otherwise, we will, and, and it's a term that I like to use, we are intellectually obese because we know so much information, but we're not putting it in practice. Why not? Because we have limiting beliefs about our ability to change or our ability to commit to something or self-esteem, etc. So it's really important to know how to work your subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is the mind which is in charge of behavior and we don't it's worthless if we change our intellect without changing our behavior i know so many people that they know so much about spirituality they know so much about chakras or they know so much about self-help but their lives are not a mirror of that knowledge and that's because we're not transforming ourselves so conscious mind as i said before starts developing when we are eight onwards and that's when we enter into alpha or beta waves so in order to change our subconscious mind from that age onwards we need to start creating habits right so as you said when we were 16 or 18 whatever and we wanted to learn how to drive it's like downloading an app you don't have that app downloaded so how do you download that app with the conscious mind with the conscious mind you create a behavior you through repetition exactly repetition and repetition and repetition until it becomes habitual but if you you drive for two weeks and then you don't drive anymore maybe you're not going to learn it you have to do it repeatedly until it becomes automatic as you said and so all the things that we repeatedly did from eight onwards has become the habits and we don't think about them they're just like automatic um so until we don't work on our subconscious mind our behavior will remain the same as we learned when we were little or when we were teenagers and people are just working or focusing on developing more intellect or more knowledge. But knowledge is not transformation. And that's what it hits me so deep in, in, inside of me because I had so much knowledge. I, I, could, I could talk about yoga and spirituality for so long, but I was seeing my behavior and it wasn't aligned with that. And I think, and actually not what I think, I, I know that one of the first no, one of the three causes of disease is the intellectual failure is one of the three causes of disease is that guilt that we feel inside of us mm-hmm. that we know of something but we just can't put it into practice. Yeah, and I've seen like through my clients, the women that I've met through all this journey is that we try to accumulate so much information and we think that the next training, the next thing will give us that knowledge and that experience of knowing it and truly living it. Mm. But it's like an accumulation of information, but we are not getting that into a deeper level of actually that will help us transform our life. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that is one of the beliefs that most people, especially women, have that to be enough and to be perfect and everything, they need to accumulate more knowledge. But mm. all that comes from a very conscious level, very like uh, surface level. Mm. 
Mm. And that's and there there's no true transformation. Yeah, and it gets frustrating in the long term because every every one of the audience that is listening to this, you know in a deep level that you're meant you have a greatness inside of you. You know in a deep level that you are capable of more in any area of your life. But there is something that is convincing you about procrastinating or waiting for success to knock your door or or for others to change and we have this distance between possibility and reality there's this there's always a distance between an idea and action and that distance requires courage and sometimes we haven't developed the courage to start putting the idea into an action, into a behavior. Yes. So when I read about this, it just blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, this is happening to me. And I was like, I need this. <laughs> Or I need to know how to program my subconscious mind. I know there are so many ways. One way is habits. And when, once you start that awareness, I like, like getting to know, oh my gosh, I have so many limiting beliefs. Yeah, It's yeah. crazy because you made conscious what was unconscious. Like now you know, because I say always that awareness is like 80% of the journey. Then you need to change it. But like you can't change what you're not aware of. True. Right? But then once you are aware of that, you realize that there's so many limiting beliefs that, that are stopping you and keeping you stuck to live a life of greatness and, yeah. and achievement and fulfillment and all that. So we sabotage ourselves. Yeah, yeah, true. And and since I realized that, I was just thinking back to my childhood or when I was a teenager and I was like, oh my God, all, the, all those times that I maybe felt guilt about something or felt sad or felt not heard or bullied or whatever obviously obviously has affected the way I've seen myself and until I don't change that maybe I'm not going to move forward at the pace I could or I deserve and everyone deserves to just be your greatest version because I know that every every person has wishes and desires and I know that everyone has goals and a dream life or like just big goals for their years or their lives and in the other hand they have this handbrake that is not letting them go or is not letting them say no to some relationships or some activities or some behaviors and that battle it's happening in everyone doesn't matter if it's a monk or if it's a little kid every single person has this battle yes i love that you say that, that analogy with the handbrake Yeah. yeah, like we go through lives, our life with that handbrake, like with one foot on the gas yes, and the other on the brake. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so now, now let's go to the juicy part. Yeah, okay. How do you change those limiting beliefs with psyche, okay. with this tool? Like how and why is it so powerful mm. and such a great tool because uh <laughs> and like yeah and what what makes it different right so the others um there is one huge difference between subconscious mind and conscious mind which is subconscious mind processes 40 million 
but bits per second. So while you're listening now, you you've you've keep blinking your eyes, you keep breathing in and breathing out, swallowing, um, your heart's still beating, your physical posture is hold. So there is so many programs running now inside of you in order to make you still be alive. Um, and that's all the subconscious mind. Subconscious mind, it's always working in order to maintain us alive. Conscious mind, it's 40 bits per second, which is one million times less than the subconscious mind. Yeah, you're talking about processing the data. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So say you put... So you can read affirmations every day or you can repeat to yourself some affirmations and you're, you're going to... Sometime you're going to reprogram your subconscious mind. But if you're doing with your conscious mind, you're doing it at 40 bits per second. Whatever habit you're working on today in order to make a change in your life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change. Just know that you're doing it at 40, say, labors per second. You're hiring 40 labors per second in order to build something yourself. Psyche, it's about subconscious reprogramming. And when I say subconscious reprogramming, we're using the speed of the subconscious mind, which is 40 million labors per second. So whatever it takes you weeks or months, in a normal behavior sometimes years sometimes years sometimes decades <laughs> with a subconscious programming you can do it in five minutes because it's one million times the capacity yeah. of transformation this of the conscious mind this is fascinating yeah. because you're accessing that like super brain part of yourself that yeah. it's 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 crazy. It's super powerful. So it's um, I I I like to call it um, spiritual technology, um, but it's also a term that I've I've been reading about more, and they call it energetic psychology, which is super learning, which is a way on when you can enhance your brain capacity in order to learn quicker about new behaviors. So, psyche uses a set of principles and physical movements and postures in order to create hemisync. What is hemisync? I think we've everyone has heard about right hemisphere and left hemisphere brain, which is emotional and logical brain. And um, what Psyche does, it creates a hemisync through movements or postures in order to bring both hemispheres active and interacting between each other which lets the it's easier for the brain when it's on hemisync to lower the vibrations to theta theta wave it's hypnosis and in hypnosis you can download information at the subconscious capacity if you're in alpha or beta which is right now you only um, are functioning through the conscious mind which is one million times less the capacity of subconscious mind yeah. Um, why did I say NLP at the beginning? Because we work with affirmations, but affirmations that we want to teach our subconscious mind instantly. And because the brain doesn't understand the negative. Um, so if I say, don't think of a lemon, 
don't think of a lemon, don't think of a lemon, obviously you're going to think of a lemon. Sometimes we know what we don't want in our lives and we keep repeating what we don't want, but the mind doesn't understand the negative. So sometimes it could be as simple as changing your own self-talk that it can transform the way you perceive things. Because when you change your beliefs, you change the way you see things. I was driving a friend home the other day. He jumped out of the car and he stood in front of his house and he touches his pockets. And he's like, hey, Jesus, wait. And I thought, oh, he left his keys. So I started looking in the car, the keys. I was looking on the, on the seat, on the floor, on the gearbox. And I didn't see any keys. And when he comes next to the car, he's like, hey, Jesus, I left my phone. And I looked and it was like in front of me. It was like <laughs> right in front of me. Why am I saying this? I, wouldn't, I'm, I wasn't going to be able to see the phone because my focus was on keys. While my focus was on keys, I wouldn't see anything in front of me. When my focus changed to phone, phone would appear in front of me instantly. It's not that the phone wasn't there. It was always there, but I wasn't putting attention on that. Why is this important? Because whatever you think you're missing in your life right now, it's not that it's not there. It's not is that you're not putting the focus there. But whenever you change your focus, whenever you change your beliefs, the same reality you're looking at, it will appear different things. It's like Instagram filters. You can change the filter in many ways and the same photo will look in many ways. The photo is the same, it hasn't changed, but what you perceive, the information that you're reading from it is changing because you're changing your focus, you're changing your beliefs. Yeah, you're changing your perception. You're changing your perception. So if spider was fear or stress, or your cells will respond to cortisol. Or if a spider is curiosity or technology for you, whenever you see that, you're going to perceive it differently. So if you think your boss is stressful, if you think your body is ugly, if you think... Um, your life is a struggle, you're right. And if you think your boss is a loving person, if you think your body is perfect as it is, or if you think that your life is aligned with the divine, you're right. Whatever you think, whatever you believe, it's right for you. But that's a reality, not the reality. So people need to understand that it's not that you have to be all positive or you have to be... Um, everything aligned it's just that every situation has many points of view are you able to see your life from different points of view and then from there take a decision because sometimes we're just so focused on one reality our reality and we just judge it as it is but what Psyche has given me is the ability to see a situation from different perspectives and then choose mm. but sometimes we just see the menu one dish and the invitation when you change your beliefs is to see many dishes and then pick why because up only exists because down exists hot exists because cold exists positive only exists because negative exists which means that any situation has a constructive or a positive way of seeing it 
and a destructive or negative way of seeing it. Or, if you see it this way, a masculine and a feminine, mm-hmm. energetically speaking. What, I, what, I, what I'm trying to explain from this is that if I am walking towards the microphone, I'm going to get away from the chair, which I'm sitting on. Or if I walk away from the microphone, I'm going to get closer to the chair. It can't happen only one of them. If I get close to the microphone, that could only happen if I get away from the chair. In the opposite way, the same. A movement can happen if two energies are moving, a positive and a negative one. Question is, which one are you putting your focus on? Because if I'm getting closer to the microphone, I can look back and say, oh, chair, I'm going to miss you. Oh my God, it was a great time with you. Or I can look at the mic and say, oh, hey, how are you? It's good to see you. You can have a constructive point of view, looking forward, or you can have a destructive point of view, looking back. So every situation in your life today that is stressful or is sad or is negative for you, it wouldn't exist if there isn't a positive there, there isn't a situation that doesn't have a counterpart. So that's just um, a little bite for people to, to know that there cannot be a negative situation that, hasn't, that doesn't have a counterpart yeah. that is a positive one. Then what's the process through Psyche to so, change this perception? Okay, so we, ha- we use muscle testing. Okay which is, people can YouTube about that. It's a way of communicating with your subconscious mind. So first step is to know what's the information that you will like for yourself and you will love to check if that information is in your subconscious mind. So that's the starting point. Like 80 to 90% of the people who attend to the three-day workshop or that have a private session They don't love themselves. They don't have the belief, I am lovable. So starting from there, if you don't believe you're lovable, how can you expect others to love you? How can you expect your relationships to be successful if you don't love yourself? Um, So we start by deciding first, who do I want to become or how do I want to see, be seen by others? And... Through muscle testing, we can communicate to our subconscious mind to see if that's true or false for it. And from there, we use some protocols that are only <laughs> available to facilitators or instructors, which I cannot mention here. But through the protocols, we just ask for permission if it's de- this is safe and appropriate for the person who is receiving the subconscious programming. And then we have different tools to access to these theta or hypnosis states and through some processes we are able to impact the subconscious mind and as I said before in a couple of minutes five of maximum ten minutes that information that wasn't true for the subconscious mind becomes true and you can muscle test that you can the the person can actually leave the process it's not a it's not a process that the pilsen will go sleep or just receive. Psyche is a process that is between the two. 
and you can see the changes instantly because okay so uh -huh. something that you had like pretty much your whole life like a belief that was limiting you for so long mm -hmm. you can actually change it and transform it into in minutes yeah yeah for sure i know it sounds crazy and it sounds like how the hell can you do that <laughs> how liberating yeah. is that but actually don't believe me try it don't believe me don't say oh i listened to this guy and i was like oh my god i hear about no try it because you can hear about a nice diet or you can hear about a good book but try it this is science-based um as an engineer before taking this I, I i took like four psychic courses the basic the advanced the health and well-being program the retreat um before taking them i i did my own research but even though i was doing research i was like i want to experience this so there's so many psychic facilitators in the world so you can try this or you can try the muscle test at home and you can test your own beliefs um but the, the truth is that the the only the only job that your mind is doing right now is creating coherence between your belief system and your reality. Yeah. So if you change your mind, there will be a different coherence between your belief system and your reality, which means that your reality is going to change. Because if I believe that I am healthy, all my cells will have that information and they will somehow create the environment to be healthy so whenever you change your subconscious mind which as i said before it takes you five to ten minutes suddenly your reality is going to change because if you change the filter which you've been using for years say you've been using one filter the lo-fi filter for your photos for years once you change the filter all the photos from that on from that moment on will look different because yeah. you're perceiving other information from it yes and i've seen it in my own experience as well like so many beliefs that i had before and that i i was trying to change them uh for so long mm. without much results and it felt a little frustrating so when i knew about psyche through you mm -hmm. and what made me want to become a facilitator as well because it was so quick one yeah. <laughs> that was the best and because i could try it and test it even like getting to know beliefs that i didn't know ex I, it existed and it changed many things for example like before i wouldn't even dream of doing a video mm. on social media and showing up <laughs> like that and yeah i would die before doing something mm. like that and now i feel so comfortable it's not like the fear it's completely gone but i don't feel like it's there is this resistance to doing it and i exactly. take action more inspired and and without that resistance that was stopping me so for so long so that's why I think it's very powerful. It's a great tool. It's super fast. And I think that is another belief that we hold, that another limiting belief that we hold that uh, true change takes really long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And for so long, I thought about it, that it has to be painful. It has to take really long time. 
But actually, it, that's another belief and it's limiting us because why? What if we can change something in a matter of minutes? Mm-hmm. And that is liberating as well. Hey guys, just interrupting the show for a second to give you an announcement. If you really are interested in a psyche session and trying it for yourself to reprogram limiting beliefs and create new more empowered ones directly into your subconscious mind, well, I'm giving away a 20% discount on a 90-minute session with me. It's a psyche session. Yes, the only thing that you need to do is to go to my website and then go to that section that says Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-K, or you can't uh, use the link from the show notes that I'll put it here. And the only thing that you need to do is to order your session and on the checkout, you just have to write podcast. So yes, the promo code discount is podcast. That's it and you'll get a 20% discount for a 90-minute session with me. It's a Skype session, so doesn't matter where you are, we can do it. So this is a gift for all the listeners from this podcast, okay? So now let's go back to the show and keep enjoying it. Yeah, and, it, and it's a way of, like, if you see around technology, probably 60 years ago, writing an email was like, what like you need to write a letter send it to i don't know other country it will take a couple of weeks and person will receive that letter today you open an app you write a message you press send and the person gets it instantly and you and if you you have the mindset of 60 years ago you would say how is that possible because it will take me weeks to deliver one message and then weeks to receive a response so in one month, I can have a, a conversation of like two letters. Today, <laughs> yeah. I can speak to anyone in China or Spain. In real time. In real time. And you say, how? Technology. Same with personal development. You can use ancient tools or you can use technology in order to change your life. And it's not that you're going to become a perfect human being. It's not that you're going <laughs> to... The battle doesn't stop. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what do you make a use of fear? Do you freeze? Yes. Or do you use it as fuel? How do you set yourself under uncomfortableness? It's not that you're going to stop feeling self-doubt or fear or anger. It's that you're going to be okay with it and it's not going to limit you or it's not going to make you feel bad about it. And people get confused sometimes that you're inner battle is going to end. It's not. No one in the world has like a 100% peaceful life. But the difference is, what do you do with that? Do you take it as an obstacle or do you take it as an opportunity? And if you change your mindset, you can start making your conscious mind winning the battle instead of your subconscious mind. But the battle is going to be there every day of your life, no matter how expert you are in subconscious programming or meditation or self-help. You have to understand that the battle never ends because if you expect that your battle is going to end, 
you have a you're gonna have a really frustrating life and i think it will mean that you are dead because i like to see that as a video game that you are getting into different levels exactly and each levels mm-hmm. had different difficulties right so you have to gain the superpowers to go through the different levels but each level has new difficulties and new beliefs and that you weren't aware of before so that's that's life that's the journey i think people should see challenge as the the way it as a positive thing because say if you play candy crush if there is no other challenges there's no new levels the end of the game end of the game you want to still you want to keep playing candy if you really like candy crush you want new challenges you want to push yourself new limits um new behaviors new strategies new knowledge yes life gets the same if you want to up level your life you need to pass the exams that are putting you through right now but don't expect to have no don't have more challenges because that's no life and so many people take these workshops or get into this knowledge aspiring to a life of no challenges and that doesn't exist and that's become that becomes like a endless road because and that would be very boring as well yeah it would be very boring that's not life no (laughs) not at all (laughs) what i really want to know is what's one mindset shift that has helped you reach to new levels in your life i think the constructive and destructive way of seeing things every situation has a constructive way of seeing it and a destructive way of seeing it and that's entirely up to you how do you want to see it it has helped me in little things such as maybe i'm driving to the city and i have someone behind me like like driving really fast and trying to pass on and like you know um beeping and i'm and i could be like oh my god this guy is so annoying why is he driving so fast why is he so desperate for getting to whatever he's going or also I could think, well, maybe he's going to the hospital because his little boy is sick or his mom is in the last stages of her life. And maybe he's, he's rushing because of that. Yeah. It's my decision and my will to pick what do I want to interpret from that situation. I could have a conversation with my girlfriend about how I like to be alone at some periods of the day. I don't want to be interacting with anyone. And she can take it as like, I don't love you. I want to be alone. Or she can take it as, I love you so much. And I want to be with you that I'm really communicating to you that I need my personal space in order to don't get, you know, bored of this. It's her decision. So everyone has the freedom and we are all everyone is looking for freedom right freedom starts with freedom of choice you cannot be a victim of what's happening to you but you're a protagonist of it and what that means is that every situation that you're perceiving today is not fixed it's your choice how do you want to see it and i think that has helped me to move forward on on the little and big decisions in my life What's one thing you attribute your fulfillment and success in what you are doing right now? I would say 
adaptability. Adaptability is a principle of nature which teaches us to move through uncertainty. Everything is uncertain, no matter how big your vision board is or how clear your goal statements are. If you don't know how to adapt to situations, <laughs> you're screwed. Um, and I've always been a really adaptable guy, um, physically speaking. <laughs> Yoga has helped me to be more adaptable to situations. And that's, I think, the core the core learning from yoga has been adaptation because you put your body through a certain posture which feels so comfortable so comfortable but you can tell that if you persistently put yourself there your body will adapt same happens with your mind that if you put it through an uncomfortable situation yes it could feel uncomfortable but if you really put this principle of nature which is adaptation into practice everything will unfold sooner or later and for me um, I've been always changing say my home screen in my phone or changing the path I'll take back home or changing my dressing style or my looking style my music because I want to teach my mind to keep adapting to things because if you fix you stop life because life it's about constant motion and in order to be in constant motion you need to be adapting yeah wow. mm. i would be talking about this with you all day yeah it's so interesting and i think yeah. like we could do a, an episode <laughs> of five hours yeah, with yeah, all these sure. topics because it's so profound mm. and it's it's exciting to talk about these things uh but before we wrap up i would like to ask you a few questions um so uh, about today mm -hmm. so what are what new are you learning right now that makes you really excited about today i'm learning about high performance habits okay so um i've seen that many people achieve achieve a lot and that's what i'm seeing in my life but sometimes i see myself overwhelmed um with so many obviously everything i'm doing today it's so inspiring for me and i love it and for me it's not work it's actually fun but i don't want to burn myself out <laughs> and i've seen that there are certain habits that you can apply to your life which I mix it with Psyche, obviously, because I have to reprogram myself quicker into that. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning about high-performance habits because um, I think, as you said before, challenges never end. And sometimes you're up-leveling your life, but I see myself that I need to know of certain things about relationships or self-care or resting or goal-setting that will help me to keep up leveling my life non-stop you know yes so i'm um, i'm studying about that and also i think a, a key area of everyone's life is rest because we are in a society where everything is activity activity and achievement and if you don't get to rest you're gonna burn out 
So I, I just took a course of Mastery of Sleep with Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor. Okay, I'll have to invite you to another episode okay. that we'll talk about that. Because... Yeah, yeah, because resting, <laughs> I think it's a must. And I'm really valuing, no matter the day I had, I'm finishing my days at certain time because I want to be at bed at certain time. doesn't matter how much I achieved or didn't achieve. My resting, my sleeping is like a king. And I think that makes me get up every day full of energy and full of purpose and i think that's a habit that doesn't matter if i'm 29 or 60 or 80 i want to always sleep like a king so i'm really focusing on how to be an achiever but be like um, a balanced human being yeah Hmm. a different way of achieving things yeah yes uh from resting is achieving yes and from a place of alignment that's right what what is one thing that you would say to someone who is starting on this path like that it's new to all this or that is starting in their entrepreneurial life and living with more purpose what would you say to to that person i would say lower your expectations because you may get frustrated um and just focus on the little steps you can take today Focus on the resources you have today in order to start moving and don't compare to others because you are unique. No one ever in the human history has been like you or me or the neighbor. So in order to be authentic, work with your resources and it's a process. It's ups and downs and that's not happening to you. It's life. Just focus on the little steps and celebrate them (laughs) don't don't wait to celebrate your achievements when you reach the huge goal just be able to keep celebrating weekly or monthly about your um, improvements and that's going to be a sustainable way of improving your life yes wonderful and change your diet please (laughs) (laughs) okay Uh, Uh another episode we will talk about the high performance and how diet can really helps you improve your life in every single area and that is the topic that i'm truly passionate about as well because uh, i've seen the changes and it's profound so we will talk about that yeah for sure to wrap up favorite quote don't judge your life by the amount of things that you do but the quality that you bring with the things that you do which may mean a little less a little better oh i love it from who's that i forgot his name <laughs> um it's an english um i think philosopher philosopher I'll, I'll it's not alan watts no, I'll look up on it and I'll link it on the show notes and go through all the links. This was a wonderful interview. I'm really, <laughs> really, really excited that we decided to do this. You are my first ever guest to this show and hopefully I can have uh, way more people to, to share this space and to, to share their knowledge and their journey because we are not alone on this journey so I appreciate you yeah. for being here and sharing your story and I'll definitely have you again on the, on the show thank you so much more about, okay? thanks. Yeah, thank you
I hope you liked today's episode and if you are enjoying the show I'd be super grateful if you head to iTunes and leave a star or review. It means a lot to me so I can keep creating more value in here and reach more women. Thanks for being here and I see you on the next episode.